Hey there, and welcome to the Punched and Played podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Sean Rose. I'm joined by Jonathan Baker. Hello. And Clint Broadbent. School's out for the summer. Da, 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 da. Thank you, Alice Cooper. There we go. <laughs> yes. This is episode number eight of the Punch and Played podcast. We're the sometimes funny, sometimes analytical podcast all about board games and the unique experiences they create. So we're going to open things up by talking about games we have played recently. Uh, as you might recall, we have been doing a, a book club on board games, our board game book club, where we've been playing the game Pandemic for the month of May. So, besides Pandemic, which we will talk about a little bit later in this podcast, what other games have you guys been playing recently? Anything? Clint? Jonathan? Bueller? Bueller. (laughs) I will jump in here with a wonderful little game called Roll for the Galaxy. What do you want to add? Um, Still cool. I won. (laughs) (laughs) I still haven't won a single game. A roll with the galaxy. I am. I have mastered getting second place. Yes. <laughs> but usually by one point, I lose. I think I lost by three points to you. Is it about right? I think you had twenty six. Sure. I had twenty three. Sure, we'll give you that. Sorry, twenty two. You beat me by four. It was good. It was. <laughs> so uh, this is on your your to buy list. Yes, it is. Still on my to buy list, guys. Enjoyed it. Feel like I, I still feel like I'm just getting going by the time the game ends. But I think that's part of, you know, the race. Yeah. I made the horrible mistake of watching "Shut Up and Sit Down"'s review of Witness. <sighs> After I say, "Hey, cult of the new," what's uh, let's try and not do this. Yeah, I. Again, I love deduction games, and so when I saw that, I'm like, wow, why, why am I not aware of this game? So I actually got it and got to play the first two cases, did it at work, did the first two, and then I taught the game this last Tuesday and got to put those two first cases again. Um, so it was a little bit easier, obviously, but I, I, again, I just wanted to teach them the general feel. But I found that even though I've played it, I played a different character. When, within Witness, essentially what you're doing is each of you are kind of like spies, and you have your own secret piece of information. So you're working on a case, and you have a piece of information that everyone else needs. So you kind of do the whole telephone game where you whisper your clue to the person to your left or to your right, depending on how the game goes. And then they have to whisper their clue and your clue to the next person. And then you'll, you'll eventually go around and you'll get all four pieces of of the puzzle. But the thing is, is that there can be miscommunication. You have to kind of fill in the gap. So like when I was playing the first case uh, here at work, someone gave me a completely wrong clue. And the reason I knew it was the wrong clue is because it was my piece of information they got wrong. (laughs) So that gave me enough context. Okay, if this is wrong, I think they flip-flopped the names and this particular clue. So I was able to figure that out. They also gave me another piece of information. I didn't see that piece of information during the final solution. I'm like, okay, they must have meant this instead. So you have to use your deductive reasoning to kind of figure out and work through the miscommunication. The other great thing is that they give you the questions at the end, and you have to, it's not just a straight up what was the information that was given. You have to use those pieces of information to kind of make some deductive leaps um, to solve the mystery, essentially. So it it's a really great game. It's a lot of fun. I was a little nervous about the whole whispering aspect. I thought that might creep some people out, but <laughs> it actually went pretty well. <laughs> I have some information for you. But you did you enjoy Witness? I liked it. I mean, it's fairly simple. Um, We're playing on easy. Yes. I mean, just the idea behind it's fairly easy. Yes. Not Not the actual gameplay or anything. But it just kind of reminds me of some of those fun puzzles, you know, I do as a child trying to figure out, you know, who did this and who did that and kind of, you know, maybe draw a chart out and work it out and stuff like that. It was kind of along those same lines with the deduction and uh, it was cool. Yeah. the, The other thing is that you can't write any of this information down until the very end. So you can't write anything down until everyone has all four pieces of information. So you have to use your memory. If you like that type of deduction game, and, you're, and it takes 15 minutes to play. It's nice. It really does take 15 minutes. So we did two cases, and it, yeah. it's a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to doing more. 
So that is Witness. And it actually is at a really good price point also. I can't remember how much it is, but I remember I saw it on sale somewhere, and it was really, really reasonable, like 15 bucks or something. It's more than that. Well, I, I saw it on sale. I want to say it was 15 What's the MSRP? Is it 30 No. I don't no. think it's more than that. Really? Dang yeah. it, why didn't I pick this up? <laughs> yeah, if you saw it for $15, you should have left on that. Uh, well, like you said, I culted the new, this whole thing. I don't know. I'm just no. kidding. Yeah, I bought other games. <laughs> Hypocrite. Uh, and one of their concerns that they made in Shut Up and Sit Down's uh, review was that there was one case due to a translation error. They actually have on Board Game Geek in the file section, they have put a corrected copy of that case on there. So it was case number 54. So if you are if you have a witness and you ran into some problems, you can go into BGG and print off that corrected copy. How many cases are there? There are over 60. I forget. Oh, really? 62, I think. I can't remember off the top of my head. Okay. But. I was going to say, one of the good things about that is it seems like other people could write really good cases, and that game could be an evergreen game, and that you can never, you don't ever have to do the same. Yeah, so you'll have different pieces of information. So I played as Blake the first time, and I played as Mortimer the second time. Again, it was easier for me because I'd, I'd gone through it. But the first time I played, I was able to get all three questions correct. So, But the second time I was doing it, I was trying to pass on information to Jonathan. I actually started forgetting some of the pieces of information. So oh, I was like, no. oh, crud. So I, I'm sorry if I screwed you up a little bit there in that last game. How many people does it play? Four exactly. That's oh. the biggest problem I have with it. It's just uh, getting the four people. Seems like that'd be, you know, because telephone's usually a big party game. You get a lot of people, and you get a lot of people playing. So, uh, still, still really interesting, though, really unique. Yeah, it's clever. So, Clint, what have you been playing recently? Um, as a matter of fact, I have I got two games to the table, and both of them were Pandemic. And so I am going to say I have been playing games. I have not been delinquent, but I am going to hold that back. I've also been playing uh, Forbidden Island with the kids, and we played it three times last weekend. The first two times, we lost terribly, even on the lowest level, and then we were able to come back. And I really, I was just like, I'm going to play that game again, and we're going to win it before we put it up again. So we won it the third time, and then today when I got home from work, my son was like wanting to play a game, and... He was like, well, we've already been to the island, so we went. We moved on to Forbidden Desert, which we played a few times before, and we got it out and played a four-player game of that, and we won it. So Great. Fantastic. So we're going to be doing something a little bit different with this podcast. We've got some, some big ideas for what we're wanting to do in a future podcast, but we need some more time to put it all together. So what we're going to do is we're going to do kind of a interview-style sort of quick-fire question-and-answer round robin here so i'm gonna ask you guys questions and you're just gonna give me the your gut response so the first question i'm gonna throw at you just to kind of get a better sense of who you guys are as gamers and it should be fun who is the one person you would want to meet if it could be anybody dead or alive who's the one person you wish you could meet i'm gonna go with uh robert smith of the cure okay clint I'd want to meet Abraham Lincoln. Fantastic. Now, what board game would you play with those people? I would really like to play Diplomacy. <laughs> I've never <laughs> played it, but I would want to see. I would want. I want to see if he was honest, Dave. I would really want to see that happen. That would be awesome. For me, uh, let's go with probably some sort of party game. I think that would be funny. Maybe, uh, maybe illustrations. Maybe something like that. Okay, excellent. What is your greatest memory in gaming? Um, I can remember one time in uh, well, the greatest memory. I, one of the ones that I always sticks in my head is uh, I remember one time in Ghost Stories where we were playing a game of Ghost Stories, and we were that game is hard. It is like I would consider it in the top echelon of hardest cooperative games. And I remember one time where we were just getting absolutely just beaten up, and we were just thinking to ourselves, we finally got to the boss, and we were just getting annihilated was the last turn we had one like last ditch effort we were throwing dice and it was like a miracle roll it was like you had to get like all sixes almost it was like you know all the same color dice it was crazy and uh and we did it and i mean i don't think i've ever yelled and shouted and like gave high fives to everybody more than 
than that time. Was it as epic as Jonathan's yell from last week? <laughs> it could have been. <laughs> uh, it was a, it was a it was a shout of joy, not a Des- not a anguish. despair. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and for you, uh, I don't know about most memorable. I'm really having trouble coming up with that. But I, I mean, our last pandemic game was pretty memorable. I really when we were playing on heroic. Um, and that's the first time we've ever played on heroic. Mm-hmm. It it was uh, especially right before that we'd played on heroic and we lasted seven rounds and it was horrible, and we played it immediately thereafter and it was I mean it was a battle things were spreading everywhere, and we were able to pull off a couple good really good plays, um, and helped each other out and we were able to win it and I I don't know it got me pumped about the game. Absolutely. I was really excited about that. So, Alrighty. What is your favorite mainstream board game? And I'll put this out that you can get it at any big box store. Like Walmart or Target. And I know that Target's carrying more and more. But, I mean, your traditional things that you would find more at one of those traditional stores as opposed to a hobby board game store. Hmm. Go ahead. Well, I would just say the card game Rook. It's not, you know, super deep or anything, but it's one that, you know, we enjoy playing quite a bit earlier on. And we, we had a good time, you know, try, trying to learn the, the, the type of games where you have a, a trump and setting up, you know, and getting to decide and bid on who gets to decide what, what's going to be the trump color and stuff like that. It, it, it's kind of a nifty thing. I still think this is hard. I still really like Yahtzee. Um, Yahtzee. I mean, it does. It's it's not like my favorite thing in the game, but my wife still plays Yahtzee like on her iPhone. Mm-hmm. She loves doing that, and uh, Yahtzee is still one of those games that it's, everybody knows how to play. So I mean, you can still really converse while you're playing that game. It's kind of a mindless game, but uh, still, if someone gets Yahtzee, that's kind of it's kind of cool. I, I I still I wouldn't look down on Yahtzee. I still mm-hmm. like Yahtzee. I've got Doctor Who Yahtzee right up there. Hey, there is, you go. Oh, really? Is it bad that I don't? know if I've ever played Yahtzee. What? Punch. No. Give me your gamer card. Uh, <laughs> I may or may not have. I don't know. <laughs> That's what we start doing the podcast. When someone says something we don't agree, we just punch them in the face. That's right. Punch. Bring the punch into punched and played. Yeah. No? Not in favor of that? I, I know. I like, okay. I like it. <laughs> no. Can we drink punch instead? That would be better. Fantastic. Yeah. All right. It's time for the lightning round. Yes. As quickly as possible, answer the following questions. What player color do you want to Green. Red. Green. Yellow, number two. I hate red, but red. <laughs> D&D character class. Oh, I love archers. Thief. I like healers, too. Plastic or wooden board game bits? Oh. If the wood bits could be as nice as the plastic ones detail-wise, I'd go wood all the time. Plastic for some nice miniatures. Pirates or ninjas? Pirates. Ninjas. What? What? Pirates. Ninjas. Pirates. Ninjas. I'm going to def- decide this this battle. Pirates. Yes. Well, you guys are crazy. Cooperative or competitive? Cooperative. Competitive. <laughs> that would be the case. All right. Funniest game you have played? Oh. Uh, Telestrations is one where I have literally, like, Joker laughed. I have a Joker laugh that I just... Sometimes if I lose it, I, I joke her laughing. I've laughed. My grandma played, and she could not draw to save her life. And my my wife was just railing, not railing on my grandma, but like, Grandma, that doesn't look anything like it. Just it, <laughs> she wasn't even attempting to be nice. It was just, it was, it was classic. Like my whole family was laughing. Illustrations. It was really funny. I hate to follow suit, but illustrations probably. Um, although I did kind of have fun laughing at the game we were playing the other night. Oh yes, that we can't talk about because we're playtesting it. Sigh. Really? Oh. Yeah, yeah. Soon enough. Board game with the most boring sounding theme. Try to be as specific as you can. But it still has to be fun. Not necessarily. Just what game you think has the m- most boring theme? I'm sorry, everybody loves Agricola, but farming is not all that interesting. <laughs> I... No, stop throwing tomatoes, please. Please, no. 
Uh, probably Kanban, where you're running in. I've played that. It's good. I know. <laughs> Automobile manufacturing plant. That sounds... That's your going... You're, that, you think that's the most boring thing? Fascinating. Well, I worked in an automobile ma- manufacturing plant, <laughs> so... Um, Bad memories. Bad memories. Uh, oh, my gosh. Let me go one level deeper. Okay. From farming to bean farming in Bonanza. <gasps> bean farming is... you got to admit, I mean... That's wow. pretty boring. Wow. I think peat farming is more boring than that. What game does peat farming? Fields of Arl. Or at Labora does it too. Isn't that peat farming? Yeah. 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 Or at Labora has it. Labora too. Huh. Those are, those are boring. <laughs> Mr. Rosenberg has a thing for peat. Yeah. Well, I think that Mr. Rosenberg's done it really smart is that he makes his theme so monotonous that you're like, when it's actually fun or interesting, you're like, Whoa, I would never explain this. The expectations are set low. I don't know. I I I I actually like the farming theme. I don't know why. And the building the automobiles doesn't sound that boring either. It's actually really fun. Uh stronghold fascinating. Games. I'm getting some surprise answers from you guys. What game has the best components? I'm going to have to go with Caverna. I love Caverna's things. Everything is but cool. you hate the farming theme. I I hate. The, I don't like. I said I don't like the farming theme. I yeah. own. I own Caverna. I love Caverna, and I just feel like just that. I I will pay the extra fifteen twenty dollars to get the meeples, the the cow meeples, over just a brown cube. Mm-hmm. It just it may it makes it for me. I I love just going all out on that. Um, let's go with Imperial Assault. I love those miniatures. Tiles are nice. Everything in the game's very nice. All right. So taking away all of those components, what game has the best gameplay? Oh, okay. Well, I, I, this wouldn't exactly be your favorite. I, I really love Robinson Crusoe. I just... I love the game. It's a worker placement game, so I'm a I'm a sucker for that. But I feel like the theme, even if it didn't, it doesn't have a lot of great components. But it's just, I mean, the artwork is nice. But I mean, it really is just a fun game to play. Uh, what was the question again? <laughs> again, do you even like games? <laughs> Can you use that in a sentence? What was the question? Again? <laughs> Removing all of the components, what game has the best gameplay? The quality of just the components. Um, just focusing on the gameplay. Yeah, I wish I could help you here. Um, lightning round. <laughs> <laughs> Can I push? Um, <laughs> let's go for uh, Imperial Settlers. Why not? Okay. So we chose two of Ignacy's games. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I guess so. Kudos to you, good sir. Mm-hmm. Games you never want to play again. Relic. Actually, as a matter of fact, Talisman. Okay, <laughs> so I, mean, I guess you can put a new theme on it. Still not a good game. Uh, yeah, I got roped into playing this at it at the board game night, and uh, God, it was agonizing for me. Worst gaming experience was. Uh, was also Talisman. That was three hours and rolled snake eyes against death and death turned on me and killed me. And uh, my friend was trying to explain to me that I'd had to start a character all over from scratch. (laughs) It was like he was speaking Finnish. I was not having it. I was like, no, man, we're done. I really died. And so uh, never, never again, Talisman. You didn't flip the table or anything? Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I just feel like it's such a such a lack of control in that game. Yeah. And it's just, it's it's so long for what it is, and it's just, it agonize, it's agonizing for me. If you had to play a dexterity game every day for the rest of your life, what would you choose? Oh, that's a good one, actually. I think the logical choice would be would be like crokinole. Yeah, that's the first thing that came to mind, but, but I haven't really played it, so. But if I had to like but if I had to like go to another one, 
I've never played it, but Dungeon Fighter seems like it's it's the one, the Fantasy Flight oh, one. Gosh, I'm horrible at that game. I know, but at least like I feel like I could get better at that game. Like Crow Canola, I feel like I could get I could get to like a really good state, and then that would be it. But I I love Crokinole. I think Crokinole. I own a Crokinole board, but I'm gonna throw out a game I've never played, but Cube Quest. I thought you played Cube Quest. Nope. Didn't you? You got Disc Wars. Is that what you got? Yes. Does that have dexterity? No. Okay. You need to take a picture of your game collection because I have no idea. What is Disc Wars? Um, good question. <laughs> <laughs> What's the meaning of life? I um. Uh, <laughs> I, I punched it. <laughs> Good one, Jonathan. Good one. (laughs) Okay, we'll return to that later. (laughs) What is your favorite theme in a board game? Oh, that's a good one. I like anything with exploration. Dang it, I was going to say that. I know. I love exploration. It's my favorite games. I'll have it. I think that probably the coolest thing for me would be something like Age of Empires going to a new land and like exploring like what what there is to offer i just i just love it something with uh, a tech tree or some kind of progression like that where you kind of build up whether it be a you know a civilization you're building up or an individual character that you're kind of advancing through different skills and abilities and items and equipment that kind of thing you know you can agree on things right no Oh, oh, okay. Pirate lover. <laughs> Ninjas. Oh, my gosh. No. Pirates. Pirate. You guys are brain. Right. We are correct. You have scurvy. I'll gladly take that. <laughs> what rhymes with orange? Door hinge? No. <laughs> All right. The one game you could play forever and it would never get old. Oh. Talisman. <laughs> oh, gosh, Shenanigans going in. Shenanigans. He's just trying. He's stalling. He's stalling. He's trying to buy time. No, I just don't want to say the, the thing I've said so often. Uh, Lord of the Rings, the living card game. Fair enough. Which, obviously, I would want to keep adding expansions to it. Yeah, you're, you're, he, he sent us his wish list, and it's almost all Lord of the Rings card games. There's quite a bit of expansions. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sorry, I'm going to keep beating that drum. If you, if I only had one game and I could play and play and play and it never get old, it would be Robinson Crusoe. I just, Crusoe, I just feel like you could, that game does not need, like, they have, like, the expansion. I don't need it. I really have everything I need in that game. And I feel like I could play it. You don't need the King Kong expansion? I don't need, I don't need no darn one in the Beagle expansion. Oh, yeah. What about the King Kong one, though? I, er, King Kong one. Oh no, it actually it isn't in the the thing. But I mean, I've played I've played I think five or six games of like the base one, and I could play I could honestly almost play that one alone and be and be happy. But yeah, I mean I I love that game, and I just feel like I could play that game over and over and over, and it would always be different. The cards would come up different, the roles would come up different, it and I and the theme is such that I I care so. Okay. Again, I've been on the fence about getting Robinson so many times. It 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 encompasses so much of what I love in in terms of a narrative arc and whatnot because the stories will be different every single time you play it. It's just that it's cooperative, and I don't know. We haven't got to play it that much. You both own Robinson, and it's kind of a rare treat that we actually get to get that game out. We really need to play that more because I know that's high up on your list and I need to have kind of a soul searching my top 10. I need to start looking at my top 10 again and thinking because that I love I have certain games that were like always on my top 10. But that one is seems I keep coming back to it as just like, wow, what a game. Yeah. You know, and again, I think for some people that it is so brutally hard. Some people will love that and some people will hate it. And I'm not sure, since my wife isn't a huge fan of cooperative games and that that game is no holds barred, I'm going to smack you around until you wish you were never on this island. Mm -hmm. 
I don't know how well it would go over, but I love it. The other thing that's really fun with that is is that like in that game, two players, you two are in there. You might have Friday, you might have the dog or whatever. We always play with that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, seriously. I'm, I'm, I'm terrible. I always bring it all. But, I mean, the cool thing is is that if you were on a desert island, you could play that game by yourself. If you have four friends, you could play with four friends. Uh, that game is good no matter what the player count is. So don't ask what game you'd play on a deserted island. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. What kind of board game do you wish existed? Hmm. Uh, for me, it would be a game that kind of simulates uh, like an MMO experience where you kind of take a character and you kind of explore an area and you can kind of diversify your character. You have lots of different choices of things that you could become and do. Um, very many multiple paths of of victory, uh, ways that you can earn, you know, prestige or victory points or whatever you want to call it, doing different types of things. You could, you know, go out and explore new areas. You could go out, you could uh, defeat enemies. You could set up some sort of trade crafting business. Trading in the Mediterranean? No. <laughs> trading trading along the forest road. Oh, okay. As a matter of fact, I think we'll, we'll agree on this one. I love it. I just don't feel like there is a there is a game out there that has the real feel of like like I'm like they're mixing around the tiles or something like that and I'm thinking to myself, "Oh my gosh, well maybe I might get near this this I I want to get the feeling. I want a game that gives me the feeling of exploration going out there finding some interesting things and doing things within that area um one game that might be that i'm not quite sure is i bought uh, lost valley um Mm -hmm. and that's kind of one like you're each like a miner and you can go out and they're going to be the board is different every single time um that is one i'm going to have to get i'm going to punch and play and uh but i mean i really feel like we need more of those games you've been trying to get that out for a while i feel yeah it's uh uh, it, it take. I want to make sure the rules are down pat, but it's just one I haven't been able to crack open yet. Okay. What game do you not want to play without an expansion? I'm going to go with Kingsburg. I think uh, Kingsburg is a fantastic game, but uh, Kingsburg is a fantastic game by itself, playing about five times, and then you've played it. Uh, but if you add to uh, the to add a to forge a realm. The expansion there. Almost every single time somebody says, I want to buy Kingsburg, I, they play it, the original base game, and they say, I, I like this game. I'm like, you need to go out right now and buy the expansion because it, it is a, it is a, it's a good game at the base. It is a great game with an expansion. I don't own tons of expansions. Um, I would go back to an LCG like Lord of the Rings or maybe something like Summoner Wars. That's great with, you know, it's fun to play, but once you've played it a little bit, adding an expansion to definitely spice it up. Okay, this is a tricky one. What's that? Oh, so yeah, I'm hoping you're answering these. You're smart. You're probably... I hope that you're to keep chiming in and what you want to say. I want to make sure you're not just asking questions. Oh, no, I'm enjoying this. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> All right, this is the tricky one. I want you to pick a country. Brazil. Belarus. Belarus. <laughs> this is geography. A punch and play. A country that you like that you just are fascinated with. We'll go we'll go there. So Brazil would still be yours? Brazil. Brazil. Australia. That's a country, right? <laughs> Sound pretty resigned to that. <laughs> what is a game that ties in with that country? Oh, see, that's tough. I'm trying to think. There's not an exact game. Hmm. There would be a really cool game because it has that has the Amazon. I'm trying to think of. I'm trying to think. Of, there's not a. Oh. If I'm gonna stretch like this, I'm gonna I'm gonna flex my muscles. That uh, the that Brazil is the only country in South America that speaks Portuguese. And another place that the Portuguese founded was uh, Macau, 
and I own Macau. It, I own Macau. It's a it's an Aaliyah game. Are we plugging seven degrees of board games? Here? I did right there, and uh, and Tom Tom Cruise went to Macau, and there's my uh, Kevin Bacon. I'm sorry. Wow, <laughs> Belarus. <laughs> Don't give me crap, <laughs> Jonathan. Um, are there any Australian games? I really have no clue on this one. Oh, I've got one. Yeah, you got me stumped. There's a game called Sugar Gliders coming out. Have you seen this? Yeah, I've looked at it by Nestor. I had a student who had a pet sugar glider, and I've like I had never heard of sugar gliders ever, and like that's just fascinating. So yeah, they're making a whole board game about sugar gliders. So it's um yeah, I've looked at it actually, and it looks kind of interesting. Mister, I don't like games. Yeah, get off my lawn, kids. I should have oh. picked Atlantis as my country. Yes, you should have. Okay. If time was not an issue, what game would you choose to play? Through the Ages. All the time. I love Through the Ages. It's a, it's fantastic. Oh, War of the Rings, I guess. Second edition. Okay. Have either of you played Twilight Imperium? That's the game that gets the rep- reputation of taking forever and a year. I would really want to play that one. I it, that would be a, a big candidate. I would want. To, oh, I've never tried it. I've never tried it. Uh, I haven't played it either. Another one would be Diplomacy. Uh, no. Takes a very very long time. But maybe I think Twilight Imperium is a thematic diplomacy. So I'll play Diplomacy as soon as Abraham Lincoln comes to my door asking to play. We we sign contracts. We start this game as friends. We end this game as friends. <laughs> what is up with him and contracts? Really, guys, just three times. That's all you have to agree to. <laughs> oh. All right. Do you guys have any questions for me? You can each ask me one question. Okay. Big spoon or little spoon? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Jonathan, grown man, trying to keep himself together. You're awfully proud of yourself with that one, aren't you? Yes. We need to put video on this sometimes. (laughs) Don't tell Jonathan this. I've never seen Jonathan do a tiger pump. (laughs) Yes. Next. I will ask a legitimate question. Um, But uh, this is one that that, uh, I think would be interesting for the listeners is... uh, yeah, as 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 we know, we started this, but Sean is the uh, is the heart and soul of the podcast. What made you want to to do this uh, the podcast, or what was the genesis of the idea of doing the podcast? Jonathan is actually the one that kind of planted the whole idea. So I'm always looking for some type of creative outlet. I've always enjoyed doing something that I can just kind of make it my own. So usually people plant a little seeds and it just goes crazy. So I blame Jonathan for this, for this one. And half your game collection. <laughs> I had nothing to do with the witness. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's completely fair. But no, I, I just... I also think that we have some unique personalities and I think we have some unique perspectives and I really wanted to be able to share that, so... But I think mainly I like having something, some creative project to do. And by gosh, this takes a long time to, to put together. But I, I, I like it. Did you say personalities or neuroses? I missed that. Oh, the same thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Jonathan, oh, do you have a legitimate question for me? Or is that really what you're going to end with? <laughs> you cannot cut that out. <laughs> If you could attend any sort of gaming event worldwide, what would it be? If it was going to be worldwide, it would be Essen. Okay. If it was in the United States, I'd go to Gen Con. I want to go to Gen Con. That's more realistic for me. If you had a choice between going to Essen or Gen Con, what would you, what would you do? I would go to Essen. You go to Essen? Mm-hmm. Okay. Come on. Come on. Tell me. Sign We're this, sign, We're not sign this st- NDA right here. Here's my contract. 
I'm not going to stop the podcast until you ask the question. Um, what about like, you know, a gathering of friends or uh, Dice Tower Con or something like that? Origins. I would, I would not turn down being able to go to a board game convention. I just don't have the time or means of being able to do that. Interesting question. So would you, if you were invited to go to the, the gathering of friends mm-hmm. as a guest of honor, would you more either go to Essen or go to the gathering of friends as the guest of honor? Well, for one, why would I be the guest of honor? That's my question. You'd be, you would be a person like that, that Alan Moon would, would say, you know, our guest of honor would be our honor. guest of honor would be Sean Rose. What do you have against gathering your friends? Uh, nothing. <laughs> I'm just saying, no, I, I did. I don't have anything against you. But I'm saying, would you more rather go over the sea and go something unique? Or would you want to stay here and do a more low key, but see some interest? Are you going, would you more like go for the games or stay for the people? If I was invited to be the person of honor, I would almost feel obligated to go to that. You know what I mean? Yeah, but let's say Alan Moon just comes to you and says, I'd love to have you. We'd love to give you a thing. You know, love your podcast. Want you to co- want you to come, um, and I'll just give you a shout out. It'd be interesting. <laughs> would you, would you, like, but if and he says, if you say no, I won't tell anybody. But you get to go to Essen instead. But you can go to you can go to Essen, or you can go to gather your friends with me. Very strange hypothetical. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of is. I I I don't know. I really don't. I should mean, have been my punch list. I just totally blew a good question. <laughs> no, I mean. I would go to Gathering of Friends. I would. I would if I could meet some of the great minds, the great designers, and play games with them. I mean, you can do that at the play. But I mean, I for me, games are about the people more than they are about the games. Even though Essen would be really great, I would prefer to play old games with good, with interest, good, interesting people then go across the seas and play good I mean, game. if this was the hypothetical that you could only go to one and you could never go to the other one, mm-hmm. then I'd probably, yeah. If I, if I could, if I, had, if I went to the Gathering of Friends and I could never go to Essen ever, then I would still probably choose Essen because I think I just want to have that experience. Mm-hmm. But if I, this is a strange question. Is it strange or is it, is, am I being clear enough with the question? It's strange. Okay. It's strange. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I see what you're saying. That you're, you're, the heart of the question is, do you care more about the people or the games? All right. Now that our questions are out of the way, it is now time to do the punch list. This is the segment where we come up with a category of a board game, and we ask the other two members of our team to come up with their favorite game that meets the condition of that game category. So we're asking for the other person to pick a game they consider to be punch-worthy. So this week we are having Clint do the punch list. So I'll turn it over to Clint. All right. So the punch list for this week is if you could tell transport yourself into any gang and you would live out that experience for that time without risk of bodily injury or anything. But if you could be in that world for, you know, for the narrative of the game, what game would you choose? So example, if you were in pandemic, you would fly, you would fly around to the different spots in the world, treating diseases, you know, you would be like the medic or whatever, and you would go around the world or, um, Flashpoint Fire Rescue, you would be a fireman going into the burning building. No risk of bodily injury. What would you what would you be in? You get to go first. Oh, I get to go first. Uh, my first gut reaction was um, 
I've always uh, one of the themes again, Robinson Crusoe, just the idea of being on a desert island, trying to survive would be a fantastic uh, would be a fantastic. Uh, what is wrong with you? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I just have to play this game. I just got stabbed. <laughs> yes, I know. I, I don't know. You guys have... Come on. You have watched... Uh, no. There's a hurricane coming and I have no roof on my hut. Uh, no. Oh my gosh. Tom Hanks. I just think that that no. would... <laughs> Wilson! No. Come on! I don't know. There's part of me that like watches that and I think to myself... I would want to see if I could survive. Like I said, I'm not worried like of dying or anything. Like I said, I'm just teleporting. I'm getting that experience. I would want to be with my friends and see if we can survive for, you know, ec- you know, survive and, and get saved. I think it would be cool. I've got two possibilities. Jonathan, are you struggling? Every day. <laughs> <laughs> Every day I'm struggling. Okay. I would go, oh man, I don't know which one to choose. I know one of yours. No, you don't. I would mm. guess I know what one of them is. Guess it. You Would you, would you do Elder Shore? No. Oh, really? Oh. <laughs> I don't okay. want to go insane. No. I thought that would be a cool one. You said no bodily harm. I can still go crazy. Yes. Well, I'd be like, yeah. I think the idea of actually living through a Star Wars story would be pretty awesome. See, you should have went first. <sighs> okay. So I think I would choose Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective. Because hmm. who doesn't want to kind of follow in the footsteps of Sherlock Holmes? Interesting. I just think that that t- whole time period, the idea of trying to solve mysteries and things along those lines, that's something that's always appealed to me. So, yeah, I think I would go for... Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective. Because that game is all about the storytelling. It's like almost like you're a choose-your-own-adventure book to a certain extent because you get to choose where you want to go. You'll chase down leads. There are red herrings all throughout it. So um, I imagine that I, in real life I'm pr- pretty certain I'd be a really crappy detective. <laughs> but the idea of kind of being in that environment and kind of being able to follow in Sherlock Holmes' footsteps would be a pretty pretty awesome experience. Awesome. I'm going to go with uh, Imperial Settlers because I would love to be leading my civilization to uh, greater and greater heights, to watch it grow from uh, humble beginnings to uh, build huge, amazing things and uh, crush all my nearby enemies. Hmm. (laughs) So wait a minute. I took back Star Wars so you could choose Imperial Settlers instead of Imperial Assault? Oh my gosh. Oh, whoops. Jerk. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Imperial Assault. Um, I could be some sort of. Uh... No, I think that would be my second choice. If I if I was if I couldn't do Sherlock Holmes, I would definitely love to be part of a Star Wars story. What character would you want to play as in the in the Imperial Assault game? I'm torn again. I would love to play. I mean, who doesn't want to have a lightsaber? Yeah, I was gonna say, dang it, that's like the that's but like. Don't, but you don't start off. With I know you don't. You don't. But I think the, the inexperienced Jedi hasn't doesn't have the lightsaber. Would be pretty cool. I don't know. I've also got a, a kind of the uh, a soft spot for the Han Solo rogue sort of. So it would be, probably be a Jedi or or kind of the smuggler. Yeah. I think the I think the captain it might uh, the captain would be. My number would be my actually my number two. I'd want to do the Jedi. The Jedi's I think would be kind of cool, but like the gritty captain, like the inspirational guy that can get help people. I don't know. I I like that one. And Rogue know. would probably be number three. Yeah, and that's the thing. I don't have Imperial Assault. Uh, you both do. I've never played the goods. Well, I played it once. Never mind. Yeah, but I I'm looking. I want a board game that helps me kind of feel. A bit like how I felt when I played the video game of Knights of the Old Republic. Uh-huh. Because mm-hmm. um, the idea of being able to, you know, be the Jedi, you know, customize your lightsaber. I know it's not the same thing, but uh, that's that, that feeling. I want that in a board game. So, birthday's coming up. Hint, hint, Imperial Assault. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, so to end our show, I thought I thought we'd do is talk a little bit about our experiences playing Pandemic. That is our board game book club of the month of May. So what we've been doing is we've been inviting you, the listener, to play along with us with Pandemic for the month of May, trying to enforce this idea of playing great games multiple times as opposed to jumping from game to game. So you also, just as a reminder, have an opportunity to win a copy of castles of burgundy by going to our website at punchedandplayed.com find the link for the board game book club if you choose to play pandemic this month post your experiences in the comment section and you have a chance to win a copy of castles of burgundy so we've been playing pandemic a little bit we're not going to do a full recap of what we've been doing but i know jonathan you touched touch a little bit about some of our experiences we the first game we played uh, as a group we played on normal played the base game no expansion stuff at all and we were able to pull out a victory I felt like it wasn't too bad I never felt like we were just really on the edge of losing necessarily what were your thoughts well it was fun for me because um, it was only my second time to play the game and I was kind of skeptical about the game because you know I have forbidden island I have forbidden desert I just felt like it would just be too samey. And it is very similar. I mean, you can definitely see the connections between them. But it, it was it was different enough for me um, that I enjoyed it. And uh, I thought it was a good experience. Played in a reasonable amount of time. And then uh, really enjoyed our, I guess it would be our fourth play of it. Yeah. For me, yeah. Playing on Heroic, where you're putting six Epidemic cards into that deck, just makes it a oh, brutal game i can't even fathom doing seven if you use the on the brink expansion which i'm thinking i would like to try throwing in seven epidemic cards i i I just can't fathom being able to manage that many epidemics occurring but i don't know we uh, again the first game uh, we played on heroic lost in seven turns and i've got a picture i'll put a picture on the website showing what our board looked like africa kind of exploded in yellow so it was pretty awful but uh, yeah, I felt like the heroic game, it was a very tense game. We never felt like, okay, we got this under control. It was constantly, okay, we're having the troubleshoot, manage this, we're going for this. Okay, we know what, we're going to sacrifice those cards. We need to get these uh, cities that have three uh, cubes, get those cleared off before they explode again. So, mm-hmm. and I think that's one of the things that I've noticed is that sometimes there's a bit of a strategy that I feel like kind of blows up on us a lot is this whole idea of let's rush and try to get as many of the cards we need to get these diseases and then not be willing to spend those cards. You have to take a couple steps back to be able to manage what the board's doing to you. Mm-hmm. Because those cards are so valuable, you don't want to use them, but sometimes you really do have to sacrifice one of those cards you need to come up with a cure so you can manage other problem areas on the board. I, I really found that to be true. I mean having to fly to a certain area or to fly out of a certain area and uh, those cards were essential i mean i felt like i was going for a certain color cure at the beginning of the game and then change because i had to uh, address problems i had to deal with problems i had to give up on a long-term thing just to deal with the stuff that was in my face yeah but again i've only played on easy and a normal easy has been i think we've kind of got the easy game under control Mm-hmm. But normal, it's I don't know. I think I've I've win more games than not on normal. But heroic, man, I I I foresee myself losing that more often than not. So I know you've been playing Pandemic at home. Yeah, um, I actually had an opportunity to play with my wife, um, and when I had mentioned to her about doing the board game book club, she was like, "Oh, that's interesting. You know, that's interesting thing." I was like, "So what's the first She's like, what's the first one? I'm like, Pandemic. And she's like, oh, you know, we've played Pandemic a lot. Um, I mean, probably one of the highest played games that we have in my collection is is uh, is Pandemic. We just keep playing it with a bunch of a bunch of people. And uh, it's always gone very, very well. But sometimes when it's just us, we don't really want to play that uh, again. But uh, I said, hey, let's just give it a try. Let's crack it open. And about halfway through the game... Me and my wife were just yucking it up and just having a great time. We played on normal, 
we played four players. We're used to playing with four players, so we each played two characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and we won. We won, I'd say, pretty handily. Uh, there wasn't a ton of pressure. We played on normal. But we just had a good time. And my wife was the first one to admit she was like, I was wrong. This was, I still had a really fun time. We still play it a lot, but I, I really had a really great time. We hadn't played in about a year. And so she was, she was, she really was complimentary on it. I think that's kind of what happened to me too, was I think that's what we wanted to do was, you know, it's, it's a great game. Mm-hmm. Sure. There are other games that might be, might've done it a little bit better. They've built on it, but um, I don't think that there's, I don't think that there's anything that's quote unquote broken about the game or that ruins the excitement of the game. I keep playing it and I love it and I'm excited to play with some more of the expansions this week. Yeah. I, I think that's one of the things about those games that maybe they were they're, they're great games. You played them a lot and then people are just like, Oh, I've done that. I've mm-hmm. done what I needed to do with that. But again, adding in just one extra epidemic card completely just changed my entire perspective on the game. Mm-hmm. I, and I guess part of me was just, just being kind of scared of, Oh, I don't like losing. I if I if I put this if I play on heroic, I'm gonna lose. And I think we worked really well as a team for the most part. I think that's one of the biggest issues that I think I've found with uh, pandemic is the whole problem with one person taking charge. And it's kind of easy to do, even if you're not. I like pandemic because you want to collaborate and say, you know, I'm gonna do, you know, I'm gonna take make this move and then someone says oh are you sure you want to do that maybe if we did this it would be more effective but the way that i like to play i like being able to share my thoughts but i never want a player to feel like that's what they have to do mm-hmm. so if someone decides you know what i'm not going to do that i see your point but i think this is a better move for us i'm like absolutely this is your turn i'm just trying to give some feedback but again i'm always very worried that me making those suggestions will come across as me trying to be an alpha gamer and controlling the situation. Because that's my wife's number one complaint about cooperative games is that she feels like other people are playing the game for her. And that can definitely happen. I think that when you play this game on easy or normal, I'm very good at just saying, okay, you know, let's just go out and do these things. And I, don't, I wouldn't consider myself an alpha gamer. But the problem is is that in a lot of, in a lot of ways, like like when the games the stakes start getting really high you can't do it by your you can't do it by yourself and if you have someone that's just going to just wants to spread chaos in a cooperative game it uh pandemic is right there because everybody is there and they're really working as a team yeah you know i i hear that some people really love chaos yeah i know So we're going to be continuing to post things on our website about our experiences playing a pandemic. And again, we'll be playing this game for the rest of May. So every night, every time that we have a board game night, we try to bust out at least one game of pandemic. And we've actually been enjoying it quite a bit. So I'm hoping that more of you will join in and actually participate. Uh, If you want to try to win that free game, absolutely. But again, we really want to try to build a community around this. Please engage in the conversation on our website at Punched and Played. And we'll be happy to kind of see where this goes. So this brings the end of a very bizarre episode (laughs) of the Punched and Played podcast. As always, you can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, visit us at punchedandplayed.com. So until next time, if you're going to punch them, make sure you play them. (laughs) 